Welcome to the Sword and Song Podcast. Here, Montana pastors Jonah Barnes, Ted Sutton, and Flynn Ayers discuss issues that build up the church and defend her from the enemies of the faith. That the glorious gospel song will be heard throughout Earth's remotest bounds. Welcome back to Sword and Song. This is Pastor Flynn with Pastors Jonah and Pastor Ted. Pastor Ted is on a journey to the bottom of the ocean here. No, he's got, we have, what do you have, Ted? You have construction going on, right? And so you're, you've been forced out into the, into the wilderness to record this. Yeah, our, our chapel area that we rent um, was during our, uh, negative 30 degree weather here a couple weeks ago the pipes burst and it flooded and so it's it's under renovation right now so I've been booted uh, from my office space and and have uh, have off uh, an office in my room but um, we homeschool so we've got uh, six little ones running around uh, so the noise and and background noise and everything um, so I'm I'm now I'm in my car and apparently it sounds like I'm it sounds like I'm under underwater going uh, taking a deep dive down to the Titanic or something. So we'll call you Captain uh, Nemo. Captain Nemo. Yeah, Captain Nemo. <laughs> so I, I apologize. It, it seems like I can't get a can't get away from background noise. Yeah, yeah. No, we can hear you loud and clear. We can hear you loud Good. and clear. Um, and that's actually a great. A great segue, which I guess it's a little early, but uh, let's just jump right into our topic today, Christian education, homeschooling, <laughs> the <Yeah>. challenges, <laughs> the blessings and the challenges of Christian education. And um, and so Ted, actually, Ted is going to uh, take take the lead on that for us today. So I guess, Ted, I'm, I'm just going to turn it right over to you. Okay. Well, thanks, brother. Yeah. So one of the things that we we want to do, you know, we are CREC pastors. Um, so we're pastors in Montana, but we're also affiliated with the same uh, communion. And so uh, we've already dealt with the topic of worship and uh, covenant renewal worship. So we thought it would be maybe a good idea just to kind of um, discuss over the course of the next few weeks some of our distinctives as a, as a communion. Um, and one of the things that we are known for, um, kind of broadly speaking, um, is our emphasis on Christian education. Um, and so Absolutely. for, uh, and that, and that really, Christian education can be its own, you know, five, six, seven, uh, series uh, of discussion all, all by itself, but we're going to, we'll just tackle it kind of broadly speaking, um, today and, and see how far we can get with it. But, uh, we we as a, a communion believe that um, Christians must do everything that they can to provide for their uh, children a a Christian education. Um, so you you know uh, I, I've put my cards out there on the table. We we homeschool, um, but uh, you know homeschooling is is one way of providing a Christian education. There are there are other ways to do that as well. But before we before we get into 
you know the particularities of methods and things like that why don't we why don't we just uh tackle what is christian education and why um why do we believe that it's important to educate our children in a uh in a christian way um why can't we send our children to the public school why why do we think that that's not the best way um or you know or or maybe we even think that it it might be um sinful to do that so let's let's start with that so let's first um dive into what is christian christian education yeah so i'll well, leave that to you guys okay yeah uh what do you think Joni? you want to flip a coin you want to go for it <laughs> yeah well the what is christian education christian education is instilling within your children a christian worldview uh, and of course, worldview means uh, you live according to how you believe. And so, uh, there's we've we've talked on the show before about how there's no neutrality, right? And Christian education instills into your children uh, the recognition and reality that Christ is Lord of all things. Yeah. And so it, it it enculturates, it inculcates, it, it builds within them. Uh, Ephesians six calls it the paideia of God. It's it's the whole the full orbed uh, math belongs to Jesus and biology belongs to Jesus and history belongs to Jesus. All music belongs to Jesus. It's all his and it's all for his glory. And giving the, the children that kind of worldview prepares them to be able to handle uh, the rebellion of the world outside. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, somebody once said, and I don't know who it was because I say this a lot, and I, sh I should probably go back and find out where I where I heard this. But um, history, in particular, you know, you mentioned all the subjects. History, if you think about a history in terms of encompassing everything in life, like I mean, everything, right, from the beginning to now, history is his story. It's it's interesting that. Um, in our day and age, Christian education is seen as an alternative, but really from our perspective, from our worldview, what we're talking about here, education in general needs to be Christian education because the world is his, just as you said, right. Jonah. And then actually teaching um, our children from an alternative perspective, from a un, un, an unbiblical perspective, a perspective that doesn't recognize God as creator is really the alternative. But um, when you look at the grand scheme of things, but in today's day, of course, that's not the case. Um, and so uh, we have to provide that, that you know, that we have to be more, more uh, uh, directive. We have to find ways to provide Christian education, but really all education, I mean, it should be Christian because God, you know, God rules the world. He has from the beginning. Yeah. Like, as you said, I like that Jonah math is his. <laughs> Yeah, and it, everything is covenantal, which goes back to nothing being neutral. You know, when when Noah comes off the ark, and he sacrifices every clean animal, it's it's the only time in the Bible where somebody sacrifices at once every animal that is clean, nowhere else. So it's every animal in creation mm. that is acceptable to God, and Noah offers them up when he comes off the ark when God has made peace. And then God, you know, he tells Noah, um, he makes a covenant with Noah, a covenant of creation. 
that the, the world will continue on seed time and harvest, you know, uh, heat and cold, all these things. And it, the four, the four seasons that we live in summer, uh, fall, winter, spring, they're bound up in covenant God made with Noah. Yeah. God, God promised that they'd be consistent. Um, you know, the scientific method works because God promised to Noah that it would <laughs> based <Right>. upon <laughs> sacrifice of blood. You know, everything is yeah. covenantal and the world is held together by Jesus Christ. Hebrews one says, you know, he upholds the universe, the cosmos by the word of his power. Uh, so every, everything is covenantal. Everything's held together in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you get to education and raising your kids that way, this, we can't even have to go back to what are our children when you think about right. Uh, Cause a lot of churches won't give their kids Christian education because they don't see their kids as Christians. Our children so they, are disciples. They're not disciples, disciples. <laughs> but yeah. you know, Ephesians six, four uh, says to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you can't apply Ephesians six, four to your kids unless you apply Ephesians one. You know, so right, Ephesians right, one, right. we've been blessed with Christ in the heavenly places. Yeah. All, all blessings have been given to us. And who's Paul talking about? Well, he tells us uh, masters and slaves, men and women, husbands and wives, children. <laughs> yeah. And so they're included in this heavenly blessing that we have in Christ. from before Chosen the before the foundation of the world. Of the world. Right. <laughs> in, uh, e e so Ephesians 6, with children, you know, obeying your father and mother because it's right, and the Lord will bless you in the land. I mean, these things are all true because of what Christ has done for our kids. Yeah. Because we because we in the CREC say that our children are Christian. And so we Christian education begins with what are our kids? You know, how does God view them? But I think we've talked about that before with baptism and uh the right. Lord's Supper. Right. So we can refer our audience back to those episodes. Yeah, I, I think well, it's Vadi Bakum. Uh I think Vadi Bakum you know, put it simply, you know, thinking about, um, you know, the people of God back in the, in the time of Christ, you know, think about Israelites who are commanded by God to, or even Christians, let's just, we can even do Christians, it doesn't matter, but thinking, thinking back, you know, we're supposed to raise, are commanded by God to, um, to teach our children everything he has commanded when we rise up, when we sit down, you know, Deuteronomy 6, um, and what you said in Ephesians, you know, uh, raising our children in the nursing and admonition of the Lord, and Vadi Bakum says, you know, if we send our kids to Rome to get educated, right, send it off to the Roman schools to learn Roman philosophy, to learn, you know, to learn the Roman gods, to learn how to learn their worldview, um, we shouldn't be surprised that they come back Romans. <laughs> right. I, I mean, and so that's what's happened in our culture is that, you know, you send your kids to somebody who doesn't believe that God exists or who worships a false God, who sees a world, you know, through a completely um, um, unbiblical and faulty lens, teaching your your young children in particular, to, speaking of young children here, we'll get into the older children later, <laughs> but, but particularly young children, um, you know, uh, they're going to, they're going to influence them. There's, there's a significant challenge there. Um, and, 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 you know, to, to instill uh, the truth because they're not learning the truth. They might learn the right math 
phrases, but they're learning math from the wrong perspective. Um, and I think in the public system today, I mean, there's definitely nowadays in the last few years, there's been, you know, much more active anti-Christian sentiment. But even back in the day, you know, it was more subtle and maybe in some ways it's even more subversive because, you know, when you get a direct attack, it it, it gets Christians, you know, gets your, get your hackles up. Right. But, it, but, a, but a silent, a more silent attack, a more subtle attack is that the world is secular. You know, and so back in the day, you know, Christian education and you, you said it earlier and we've said it before. You, you said it just earlier. I keep, we keep repeating it, but there is no neutrality. That's really been that's been a subtle attack for decades and decades and decades in American education is right. that you can you can learn it, you know, you know, uh, neutral. You can learn these truths neutrally. Um, and, uh, and so, um, yeah. And so that's, that's part of the reason why we are where we are. Of course, uh, neutrality is just a foot into the door. Now, of course, we're, you know, now, you know, back in the day, we weren't worried. I mean, parents, I know as parents, you know, weren't worried about their kids, their kindergarten kids, um, you know, uh, doing experimentation with gender roles. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but <we> now, <laughs> <laughs> right christian christian education well all education is giving a giving a worldview right giving a, giving a culture a history you know all the symbols and meaning uh, of a particular people and sending your kids to the government school going back to ted's question you know why we can't why we ought not to do that uh you know because they're going to imbibe they're going to become romans like you said and take on the culture of the world uh that christ uh, that put death that put Christ to death, <laughs> right? right? They're going to take on the culture of that world. And there's a massive difference between the Christian education in the homeschool environment and an eight-year-old in the government school learning how to put on a condom. Right, right. Right, that those kinds Absolutely. of realities, <laughs> what are you, what are, what kind of culture are you giving these children for their future? And that's why we have uh, what is what Memorial C, I think, is on Christian education. Yeah. Uh, we actually have in our in our documents of the CREC the necessity of Christian education because it is the antithesis of the world. It's the only way to change the future is to disciple our children. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So that I guess that's the what. Yeah, yeah that was that was really helpful, um, Flynn. You. I think what you said about uh, education, uh, education is Christian. It, it's hard for us to, um, you know, we've been catechized, we've been trained um, in our secular uh, culture for for the last hundred years plus to think that, um, like you said, education is neutral. Um, and then, so that's one aspect we've been trained to think that way. Uh, but we've also kind of as that uh, as that has developed over the course of the last you know hundred years, um, that has morphed into thinking that education um, isn't distinctively Christian in the sense that everything belongs to Christ. Um, everything is God's. Math is God's. History is God's. Um, you know, it's funny because I I taught church history a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm doing a church history uh, condensed version uh, for Sunday school. And you really can't teach 
uh, history or world history um, without without teaching church history. I mean, for a thousand years, it was intertwined. Um, you know, you you. I mean, you can't think of of the world without thinking of Christendom and and the influence of the church in the world. Um, you can try, but you're being dishonest in doing it. Um, and you, you just, you, you can't, they were, they were so in, they were so connected. And so I think in many ways, you know, this question to our forefathers and the faith would have been not even a question that they would have even have thought through, uh, because education was Christian, Christian. Um, it, it, there was no other choice. There was no other uh, there was no other kind of education. This is God's world. And so everything that we think through, everything that we do, needs to be tethered to uh to God and his world. Um but we're we're in the we're in the place that we're in now and we need to think through these these issues. Um so let me let me turn around um brothers and let, let me play the devil's advocate. Um so let me let me just throw some um, so potential ob- objections uh, to the idea that uh, Christians um, must educate their children in a thoroughly Christian way. Um, what uh, what about um, the idea that our our we want our children to be lights uh, and salt? Uh, and this is a great opportunity for our children to be salt and light um, in in a setting where, you know, um, it's predominantly un, unbelief and unbelievers. How would you handle that that objection? Yeah, I'll jump out on that one. Um, I think that's that's a, actually that, that's a good place to bring in how we understand um, our children's development. And so, you know, we're we're a pretty strong advocate for classical Christian education. You know, and I mean, there there has been education. I mean, the, the pagan world did education, right? The Greeks had philosophy, and they were working on math, and you know, even the Muslims, you know, t- uh, made some strides in medicine and things like that. It's not that the pagan world doesn't do education, but the first universities that came up in the Middle Ages were were Christian, and and. Uh, uh, the the way the way they viewed and i think it's the right way to view it um the development of um, uh, from child to adult was something called the trivium and i know you guys are i'm sure you guys are familiar with the trivium christian education this and um and so you have stages of development very 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 um distinct stages of development and early on children are the way to describe it and right now, off the top of my head, I'm gonna. What's it? What, what's the the stages of the trivium? I didn't write them down, but I have my way of describing them. The, the, grammar, what do they call the first one? Is grammar? Yeah, grammar, grammar dialectic, grammar, and rhetoric. Logic and rect. Yeah, grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Um, the way I like to describe it, though, is that in the grammar stage, this is you know from birth to five, six, seven, eight. There's no a hundred. You know, there's no. There's no age which all of a sudden you flip a switch. That's not how maturity works, right? But in general, those early years, um, learning is very black and white. It is very concrete. It is very imitative, 
Our children learn from imitating. That's how they learn. And you uh, parents, the way God has designed it, parents have an incredible amount of influence over setting a worldview from the very beginning when our kids are that age. And it's not it's not necessarily permanent. I mean, it can be warred against, it can be destroyed, it can be shaken, but it's still it, it doesn't change the fact that you're setting the tone of a worldview for your child in those early years. And, and an example of this is example of it is is this if you if you're teaching your children that the moon is made of cheese, <laughs> guess what? They're gonna believe, they're absolutely gonna believe it's made of cheese. Yeah. In this stage, in this stage, that's why you can teach your children. And so I, I'm going to people, this is just popped into my head. So forgive me. Can people I, are going to, people are going to get, I might offend people, but don't let your kids listen. If you, if you, uh, if you, um, if you have this, uh, if you haven't taken this step yet, but if you teach your kid that Santa is real, <laughs> they're going to believe Santa's real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're going to believe he's real until they reach the logic stage, which is now you're going six, seven, you know, somewhere in that realm to your early teens, you know, 12, 13. And in this stage, children begin to ask questions. Why, 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 why? And, you know, in that stage, they need to have answers. They need to learn how to find the good good resources to find the truth. Here are the reliable sources of truth. But in this stage still, especially in the early part of the stage, they're still actually given the answers. Here are the answers, you know, and and um, and so it's very important. Again, it's another one. It's another very important stage of development. And then your third stage, of course, is the kids now in the final stage, the rhetoric stage. Um, you know, and generally, you know, as you're getting to your your teens and your late teens and getting ready to step into adulthood, the goal is to learn how to to know what you believe and how to communicate what you believe to internalize um, these truths and to be able to communicate them to others to take ownership, you know, of your faith. And so, the way I look at it, Ted, is that um, in those early stages, these are children that are in the very beginning of their training, and you don't throw soldiers into battle who haven't really learned how to fight yet. They're still learning how to use everything. Mm-hmm. People don't think of evangelism as fighting, but it is. I mean, it, it, sure. I mean, the statistics are ridiculous. The kids that are leaving the church, you know, and, and not only early on, but also, you know, by the time they get into college, they haven't been trained. Instead, they've been incorporated into a different worldview. Right. We and Same thing with mission fields, you know, this yeah. kind of language is turning the public school into a mission field. But if you're going to send a missionary overseas, they're trained first. <laughs> right. You, you wouldn't send your six-year-old kid into, to Myanmar, uh, you know, to go out into the world in Myanmar and start evangelizing. Nobody would do that. And yet we attempt to do that with, with our kids in the public schools. And it's interesting that the most common people I hear that argument from, Ted, that, uh, you know, we want our kids to be salt and light in the public schools are the Baptists who don't think that their kids are Christians. I've never really heard a reformed person say that. You know, it's the it's the people who think that their children are vipers and diapers. 
rather than olive shoots of peace around a table. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very inconsistent. Yeah. Well, so the, um, so, but but it is important though, Ted. I think you're right. It is important though for us to realize that we are training children to be in the world. So, um, one of the criticisms of homeschooling, in particular, but even Christian schooling, especially when it began, is that it's a retreat. Well, in some ways, it's a re it's a retreat only because, um, in the providence of God, our educational system has been taken over by an ungodly and unbiblical worldview. So in some senses it's a retreat, but we, we're not the, the main focus of our attention is not retreat. We're not trying to retreat right. from the world. We want to be lights in the world. And so we are training our children to actually rhetoric stage and, and adults to be adults in the world and to have an answer for the truth that is in them. Yeah. It's not a, a tuck tail and run. Exactly. And yeah. you, was it C.S. Lewis who said, if you find yourself walking down, down the road in the wrong direction, the answer to your problem is not to keep going. <laughs> right. right. It's to turn around and get get back on the right road. Yeah. And that's that's the yeah. same thing with this. Uh, when Christians realize uh, the, the errors uh, and the faultiness of sending your children to government school, the answer is not to make more excuses to keep them there. Yeah. It's to turn around. It's to go back to the right road. So. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Flynn, you, you quoted or you alluded to uh, Deuteronomy 6 um, in the Shema of Israel. I'm going to read uh, just a brief portion from that. Um, starts in uh, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you sit down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as fontless or as uh, fontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, so there we have the we have the principle um, of everything I think that you that we've been just talking about, um, education is much more than sitting down for an hour and doing math problems and doing, um, you know, learning history, having a professor, you know, tell you, you write it down, you learn it for a test, you check it off, you go to the next. It's much bigger than that. Um, and, and Flynn, you, you said something that I think is so vital. Um, especially for those early years. Um, and I think that that really gets to the heart of, of Deuteronomy 6, and that's education is is forming a particular kind of person. Um, right. It's imitative. Um, and by the way, I, I actually think our enemies, and, and I'm, I'm saying that in a very strong biblical sense, uh, the enemies of Christ, the enemies of God, those who are or are uh, putting forth a godless antichrist worldview, um, I think they get this better than Christians. Right. Oh, they yeah. understand. Absolutely. They understand yeah. how how powerful, how potent, and how formative education is, especially as it relates to imitating, and that's why they require eight plus hours. Five days a week, 
with their I mean, priests. And, and if you think about if you think about that, I mean that that's the majority of the day. Um where oh, yeah, you totally. you aren't with your children. Your children are around other children and other teachers and and they're being formed in a particular way by these people. Um and yeah, this gets to Vodi's point of look, if you're gonna send your kids to, to Romans, don't be surprised when they come out looking like Romans. You know? <laughs> uh don't be surprised surprised, Christian, if you send your your child into a godless antichrist system of education when they come out at the end of the day hating God and hating Christ. Don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look so look at it this way to the person. And and I get this, and you know, and and, and this is there's some ch- there's challenges, and you know, we we can maybe we'll get a chance to talk about even the memorial has grace for people, you know, there's there, right. there, and and it's a challenge and it's difficult um, because of the situation that we're in, but yeah, we're talking about very clear goals. This is this is definitely where we need to be. There's no question about it. Um, but to the person who says, you know. Um, our children need to be lights, and that's why I'm sending them into the public school. What you said about the the unbelieving world gets what we're saying. The teachers, the doc, you know, maybe not every teacher, but I mean those who those who developed, you know, this this unbiblical worldview, the people that have embraced the worldview, they totally get it. Um, John Dewey, the father of modern American education, right, was a signer of the Humanist Manifesto, right? The Humanist, the, one of the first, one of the first. Um, tenets of the humanist manifesto is that we affirm there is no god and we must save ourselves and then the next several the next several tenets have to do with the the way we're going to do that the way we save ourselves is through education right and so um there was a there's a concerted effort um in order to educate the young right and so in that biblical in the in that unbiblical worldview so now we come to now we come to 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 where we're at today and guess what guess what if you're if you are a humanist or you have another uh you 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 have a you know come at it from another religion or whatever you're you're you're, you know you're a an unbiblical worldview and you're sending your kid to the public school um none of them are sending are thinking you know what we need to send our kids into the christian schools to convert them Right. That's none of them are thinking that. Right. We're not we're not <laughs> these Christians, they're causing all these problems. I know what we're gonna do. Let's send our kids over there <laughs> and change their minds. <laughs> and change their minds. They they know that's not gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. But yet Christians have been duped into thinking, we've been duped into thinking that it is gonna happen. Um you know, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really good. But uh, yeah, and it's it is um it's interesting though too. I I agree with you, Flynn. Um but I and I don't know what your guys uh lo, you know where you are locationally and and things like that. How how this plays out um the the culture of of Helena and and Missoula and stuff, but Billings has a at least from what I can tell has an a, an interesting kind of cultural battle going on right now where uh there's there is a clear um progressive movement and agenda here but there's also pushback um and one of the pushbacks right now interestingly enough is 
um, people who don't want, uh, you know, drag queen story hour in libraries and, um, you know, all the, all the wicked things that are going on in, in the schools and, and the books that are, that are there and stuff, people don't want that. And so what they're doing is they're pulling their kids out of the public school and they're looking for alternative places. Um, and they're, they're looking at, you know, Christian classical schools um, or just Christian schools as these better alternatives, because even though they, they don't, uh, uh, you know, they don't have the, the Christian part there, they recognize that um, I, I want something moral. I want something decent. I want something for my child that's better than what's being put out there um, by public schools. Um, and so you, uh, there's a real movement right now in Billings where that's, that's happening. Um, and it, it's kind of a, it, it's just a unique um, time in, in our nation's uh, existence um, where I, I, it seems like there's, there's kind of a, a, a harvest right now for, for Christian education to continue to flourish um, especially as it becomes so obvious more and more that the public school system is just, is lame. Um, and, and we're not even, I mean, we're talking, I'm not even talking about the, the immoral, wicked filth. I'm just talking about the educational standards. Um, I mean, for the public school is, is terrible right now. Um, uh, for so many different reasons, but, but I don't want to, I don't want to get us too far off, off of off track um maybe let me let me bring us back um getting back to uh, potential objections i don't know if you've ever heard this one i've i've heard it before but um you know guys what about daniel um i mean daniel was daniel was trained under the babylonian education system um, he was he was brought up in it, uh, re, you know, trained in it, and obviously, clearly, he he was was a Christian. Um, you know, if if we can use that term, I, I think we can. He was he was um, you know uh, he was a yeah, faithful absolutely. saint. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and you know, what, why why can't um, why can't we do that as well? Why can't we have Daniels? Um, you know, what what's what's wrong with that? Clearly clearly Daniel was able to do it so surely we can we can do that as well Daniel didn't go to Babylon as an infant yeah he was a young man already he was he was raised in the edu in the in the paideia of Israel in the covenant yep. and so before he even got to Babylon he had we maybe yeah it's anachronistic to say a Christian worldview uh, right. but he had a faithful covenantal worldview before he got to Babylon so when he gets to the courts of Babylon and you know Nebuchadnezzar says, uh, here, you need to eat our food and you need to worship like us and you need to do this and you need to do that. Daniel has enough fortitude to say no. <laughs> you know, he resists, he resists the worldview of Babylon while at the same time being a servant of God to the Babylonians. Yeah. And yeah, so well, man, using him as an example of sending your kids to public school probably is not the best. Right. Uh, best analogy no it, yeah, that's it, what i was gonna it, say it, yeah it's a terrible analogy um it's a the faulty analogy really um logical fallacy it's it's um 
yeah, the comparisons there just don't match. I mean, first of all, uh, another aspect to it is that Daniel, uh, Daniel's in exile. Um, Yeah, he's forced. he, he, yeah, exactly. He's forced. Um, we're not in exile, despite what the common theological, you know, we're, we're in, we're, we're exiles and sojourners. Well, that, that misunderstands Peter's use of that term. Um, and, and no, we're, we're not, we're not in exile. We're not in judgment. Um, the way that, that, Daniel was um, in, in the in that time period. Um, yeah, so, let, me, yeah to... let me address that real quick. I'm going to address that, and it's not exactly related to Christian education, but I think that that I think that's a really important point. Um, and that is is that you know Daniel, in Daniel's time period, he's looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. The Promised Land was marked by the borders of Israel. And so Daniel would have acted very differently if he was in the promised land than he would than he did when he was in exile. And he was to seek the peace of the city. And the, and the Israelites were supposed to seek the peace of the city and to marry and to raise children. And God bless them. But the goal is the goal. This was judgment. The Lord was preserving a remnant to come back to the promised land. Right. And in the promised land, he's absolutely, absolutely going to enact biblical laws and biblical education, and you know, the promised land is going to look very, very different than it does. Then his his world, his life would look very, very different in the promised land than it did in Babylon. Um, after Christ has come, he is uh, resurrected from the dead. Satan is thrown down from his throne. Jesus is now ruling at the right hand of the Father. The promised land now is no longer marked by the borders of the Jordan and the Mediterranean. The promised land is the entire earth, heaven and earth. And so there is no, you know, so I've heard a lot of, the reason I say that is because I've heard a lot of people say that it's like we're living in Babylon like Daniel. It's like, well, I can, you know, we can make some analogies there, of course, but the overall view, it, it doesn't work because right. this Jesus is king of everything now. And so our goal is to bring everything under the um under the uh, uh, you know the the lordship of Christ education and everything there is no there is no place we're not in like as you said we're not in exile there is no you know the the kingdom we we believe the kingdom of darkness has no has no um, safe borders i mean they there there's the, the city is is being destroyed it's being done away with so um so in that sense it, daniel does not apply at all if we look at it from that particular perspective so yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good and helpful. Yeah, and we wanna we wanna discuss this at some point later in, in the podcast, but um it's important to keep these um these things in mind when we're reading our Bible um and trying to uh, make proper application to our day. Um that the the application has to has to fit and we have to we have to make sure that we read proper context and, and things like that um, so that we're, we're not making those kinds of, um, you know, really foolish comparisons. Um, it's, it's sort of like we should so, have a podcast on how to read the Bible. Exactly. That was what, that's, what I was, that's what I was getting at. Yes. But, well, and, you know, in Daniel, he says the reason for his visions and, you know, Daniel's, Daniel's ministry, and we're, I know I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but but Nebuchadnezzar and Darius both actually say it right. They they both actually say, 
that these things have happened so that these guys would know and the whole world would know. And they actually, Darius and Nebuchadnezzar write letters to the entire world in Daniel. They want everyone to know that the God of Daniel, the God of the Israelites is the most high God. He rules everything and he sets all kings up. He rules the kingdoms of men. He sets up kings and he brings down kings. They're learning that then, right? And now, you know, at, what Daniel saw was at the time, uh, you know, at, he saw the time of Jesus, uh, uh, his arrival, that the Lord was going to set up a kingdom, a kingdom that was going to uh, uh, absorb, devour, or uh, destroy all the other kingdoms of men, and that kingdom will never be destroyed. It's an eternal kingdom. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the reason for those those visions and for that, for all the stuff that was going on there was to get to where we are now. There yep. is only one yep. king. There really is only um, one kingdom that's going to be victorious. That's that's the kingdom of heaven. Um, the kingdom of darkness is passing away. It already is passing away. The light is already shining. Um, so it's yeah. a that's a self defeating kingdom anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, right. Any kingdom set against our Lord and Christ is a self defeating kingdom. All you that's have to right. do is let yep. them go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But so should we talk yeah. about uh 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 forms of christian education they say yeah i want to someone is convinced and they're like okay how do i do this or what does it look like or where do i go private school homeschool you know that kind of stuff should we yeah i think i think that would be i I think that would be a good uh a good place to transition and then i'd like to um i have kind of uh maybe one one last thing to think through uh towards the end so um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on you know the a particular method of uh, of Christian education? Yeah, well, here at our in our congregation, we strongly encourage Christian education in whichever form the parents desire to give it to their children. Uh, so if it, if a family wants to homeschool, and with the elders of the church say, great, how can we help you? If the if a family of the church wants to join our homeschool cooperative, the elders of the church say, great, how can we ha- how can we help you? If some of our families want to join classical conversations, you know, the elders of the church say, great, how can we help you? <laughs> and so we've really uh, we really try to to limit you know any sort of notion of competition or. Uh, yeah, just the competitive. Well, we homeschool. Well, we private school. Well, we uh, yeah. we want to get rid of that kind of division, uh, and we're all giving our our children Christian education, and so we're we're not too particular when it comes to uh, the method in that way. As long as the parents are striving to give their children Christian education, we want to support them. So. Yeah, I think that we would uh, we absolutely the same. You know, there's a lot, and we're having we're having to be very creative. You know, in this day and age, we have opportunities to be creative with technology. Um, there are pluses and minuses to all the different uh, varieties. So, you know, Jonah mentioned. If, yeah, of course, you have yep. the classic brick. You have the classic brick and mortar Christian school. And one of the significant challenges there, of course, is finances. That's that's the primary, one of the primary um, challenges with that is is can you afford it? Because you have to pay teachers, and traditionally it's been very very expensive. 
Well, and you have to there pay are... the pagan kids to go to their schools at the same time with your property. Yeah. So now, yeah, with the tax, <laughs> you know, taxes. So there, there, yeah, I mean, there are solutions, but we haven't, you know, like you said, Jonah, as a session, as a church, how can we help you? is our mode. But right now the culture that we're in is, does not have that mode. <laughs> right. And so it makes it pretty challenging. Yeah. So all of us are sending a bunch of money, you know, to the public system because of our taxation, but so homeschooling, there's a lot of different varieties. So, you know, your classic homeschool typically mom, you know, does the majority of it. Um, there's, there's a lot of challenges with that. Um, there are, um, you have co-ops that can help out. Um, and then you have classical, you have groups like classical conversations. There are other groups that are forming like that, a little bit more formal type of a co-op. I would just maybe put it that way. I don't know. It, it's kind of, it kind of depends. I mean, classical conversations is a national group. You know, a co-op could be just like you guys co-op, just a, you know, a local group of people getting together, but it's a very similar model. And then also now, um, a lot of people are supplementing, a lot of homeschoolers are supplementing uh, via computer classes, you know, Veritas Press, Logos, uh, Kepler. Um, I'm sure there's others where Romans you can Road. actually, Romans Road, you can take classes online. And again, there's there's pluses and minuses to all of these. There's challenges, you know, to all of these. And uh, our goal is to try to figure out how we can help <laughs> promote Christian education. I like to, Jonah, you've, you've said several times and I really like what you say about um, the internet, right? We need to get more, we need to get more and more good stuff on the internet, just get good, solid stuff on the internet. And that is definitely true with Christian education. We need more and more uh, opportunities to make it easier for parents to provide solid biblical education. And in Missoula, it is, and then where we're at, yeah, it's absolute, absolutely a challenge. Yeah, it's we have. There's one Christian school in Missoula, that's you know K through 12, um, and their model is a class kind of kind of the way, a uh, uh, stereotypical stereotypically Christian schools are, at least in my opinion, throughout the nation. They 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 view themselves more evangelistic than discipleship. And so, you know, there's, there's people, there's people sending their kids to that school, not to change their minds, but usually they're discipline problems in some way, shape or form. I, I taught at a Christian school like that in Southern California. It's more evangelistic in nature, you know, let's bring in everybody. And so the, the end result is, is that the Christian school ends up not being, it's better, but it's not that much better. <laughs> It's not, I mean, they're not going to be, and I mean, at this Christian school, they're not going to be doing, you know, the drag queen story hour, but, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it a, a very solid biblical education. And and there's a lot of, you know, not, not such great stuff going on in there because of their model. So we need, we need a lot more. And, the, and in our, in our area, the homeschooling community is very, um, and again, I don't, we don't, we haven't homeschooled here. So we're new to the area, but from my perspective, somebody coming in and, and the families that I know that homeschool, it's very disconnected. Mm. Um, we need to, we need to, there's a lot of work to be done in our area on getting folks stronger, you know, working together in co-ops or, you know, something like that. Um, so we, we, we have a lot of work to do in this area with regard to Christian education. Absolutely. Yeah. 
yeah that was helpful guys appreciate it um yeah i'm very similar um right the the makeup of our church is that everybody uh, everybody in the congregation homeschools mm-hmm. um who 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 are current who currently have children of age to school they homeschool um and uh, but i'm i'm very similar to to you jonah and, and flynn you know i'm my objective you know so say say people listen to this and they're they're sold yeah i want to i want to do christian education um i'm my interest isn't to pit you know homeschool option of christian education against um you know a classical christian school that you could go to option or or even a, a christian school option that you can go to a k through 12 or wh- whatever it is like that's my my desire is not to pit those against, but to come alongside the parents um, and and to think through the best option. Um, and that's because, and this is, and maybe this is the a good segue into what I want to do for the for the last thing that we talk about. Um, Flynn, you you brought up kind of you know education as savior, um, which is a very strong. Um, secular um mindset where education is the is the arm of the state the a kind of savior-esque type um of of a of a thing um and that's not what we believe um christ is savior christ is king christ is lord only christ can save um and so it's very important that that parents understand um, that whatever whatever you do uh, with your children with respect to the particularities of Christian education, it's vital that you as the parent are the primary teacher. You are the primary um, idea influence uh, over your children um, because – Again, when you think of education as all-encompassing, as as worldview training, as uh, shaping your children, there's nobody that is more uh, shaping of your child. There, there's no one who will shape your child more than you um, as an as an influence. And you're going to shape them in a godly way, or you're going to shape them in a in an ungodly way. Uh, but that's the those are the covenantal realities that God has, has um, ingrained into the fabric of, of his world. Um, and and yeah, so would, it's would, important. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. The, it, God has given parents the authority and responsibility to oversee the education of their children. However, whatever the options you choose, yeah, you, the, the, the buck stops with, with mom and dad. And so they have to be involved. And that's exactly, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, because, you know, it, it can be real easy to be like, oh, yeah, I, I like this. Um, and, and then think that whatever particular form of Christian education um, you choose will become an automatic. If I do this, they will come out as Christians. Right. Um, and yeah, I was gonna that's, bring that up. that's yeah. not that's not what God says. Right. Um, he does give us real promises. He does give us real commands. 
And in those promises and in those commands, we are to trust him and we are to be obedient to him. And we are to trust that he will bring about the fruit of, of the promises that he makes. Yeah. yeah. There's a, just as you said, Ted, with the secular world, you know, education is the savior of society. And so like every time something goes wrong in the schools, tests, test scores are failing people can't read they just say give us more money you know <laughs> yeah uh, because education we just need better more money for better education and then then things will change and then christians you know who you know we hold the christian education and they we can also fall into a similar trap where uh christian education is a requirement but it's under the umbrella of discipleship yep like Christian education is not discipleship. They're not equivalent. They're connected, but learning Latin does not a Christian make. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like you said, yeah. uh, Ted, if you take the classical Christian education model and you stick your kid in it, um, but you're not investing in them Christian values or belaboring the necessity of bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you, you know, if you're not going to church on Sundays— if you're not in the fellowship of the saints, um, learning Latin is just as important as your daughter's learning to bake bread. You know, it's just as important as your son learning how to split wood and build a fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. we want all of this to be part of the discipleship of our children. And Christian education is an aspect of discipleship. It is not discipleship by itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can fall yeah. into that trap like, oh, I'm raising my kids to be a Christian because they're in the private school. Well, <laughs> not necessarily, yeah. right? I'm sure we've all seen in every single mode and model, if you've seen it done well and seen it not done well, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. It's not automatic. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, like you said, Ted, it, re it really rests. It's incumbent upon the parents. It's not the teacher in the classroom or the homeschool co-op director or whoever. They're not the ones that are forming the dis, the the nature of discipleship in your children's lives. They're supposed to be helping the parents do that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and also and, that, and this is maybe this may be a little, uh, um, not this is not pushing back at all. But that is also why, and and it may answer another objection that, that I think that I've heard you know over the years as well. Um, is that, you know, there are all of you, all of us probably know families who have sent their kids to the public school and their kids are wonderful Christians who love the Lord and have grown up as, you know, and, and are still Christians, you know, today, right? So um, it's because it's not, it's not automatic. Now, we would say, thank God for the, his grace. And we don't recommend sending your kids to the public school, but at the same time, you know, it's, it, this is what we're saying here is is that yeah parent the, the authority is belongs to the parents the parents have to be involved and um uh uh and that and you know that's the key that's the key it's, there's nothing automatic one way or the other it's not automatic damnation either um, right. we don't recommend it it's going to be a challenge they're going to see a lot of awful things especially in today's day and age but yeah it's not automatic you're not automatically you know condemning your child to to uh um eternity you know in the lake of fire so <laughs> right yeah yeah and i 
I, I struggle with this personally because it's one of those things where I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure that I would, um, I'm not sure I would put it in the category of, of sin. Um, right. But it can be, but I, I, I definitely think it, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it, it can be. Um, and, and truthfully, I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm yeah. almost, I'm almost there because, um, the, the public school system is, it, it, it is by very definition and by very, by the very inception of, of the, uh, of it uh, is antichrist. Um, it's, it is, um, the whole purpose of it is to form, uh, a particular person, uh, to be hostile to Christian, uh, to the Christian faith. Um, and, and so why, why would you want to send your child, uh, to such a place to, to receive an education that does that? Um, well, it requires and, you to and, change and, your lifestyle. What it, was that? It requires you to change your whole lifestyle. Right. Um, we, we live in a culture that's built on two income households. Yeah. Right. And so if you want to homeschool, you really have to change you might have to get a smaller house. You might need to sell your boat, you know, instead of having four vehicles for mom and dad, you get, you go down to two vehicles, you know, you, you really get rid of your cable and all your streaming services so you can save more money for curriculum. And, you know, like you really right. have to make sacrifices and that's hard for people to do. It's easy yeah. just to send your kids. Right. Yeah. It's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, we're being ta we're being taxed, but you know what I mean. There's no free lunch. Right. It's not free. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, well, this is and this we're probably reaching the end here, but it might you know, the history of public education in America would be an interesting one to go through too. That's you know that that you know for lots of different reasons. Um, is Horace Mann your hero? Or, yeah, right. Well, back even before that, though, even before that, you know, uh, even at the founding of the nation, you know, they were talking uh, Je Jefferson and others were talking about is public education the right thing to do or not. And there were the the ones that were against it, you know, were saying it it by nature has to become secular. Right. It's going to become secular and it'll move away from Christian education. But at the beginning, it was a lot more confusing because they were, you know, the New England primer. It's just packed with awesome, Bible. good biblical stuff, yeah. you know, and, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're all, I, I hesitate to say I'm young. I'm the old guy. So I was going to say, we're all young enough though. We, I don't remember prayer. You know, I don't remember when, you know, prayer was taken out of the schools. You know, <laughs> I mean, right. I just grew up with, you don't have it. You didn't have it. I grew up in public school. You, you, you don't, you don't pray in schools, but back in the day, you know, you might your 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 first, second, third, and fourth grade teacher. If you lived in the South, they might have been going to your church, right? So, you know, th there's a history there that that um, that is hard to deal with as well. I think for a lot of folks, for a lot of Christians, you know, too. You know, it's like, hey, we can we can we can uh, take the public school back, but I don't think it's the right way. You know, so I I would I find myself. And again, we haven't, this is not a long discussion. I'm just throwing out these very brief things, but I would be on the side of the guys early on that said, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Education should not be under the control of the state. 
even right. though we're have a, even though we have a much more biblical culture at this time and things are going great, <laughs> you know, great in quotes. It's not his was, province, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not his province, and it's gonna it's gonna end up turning bad. So, you know, because we always because th that's the other thing, you know, like we said, it's not retreating, right? Um, and we're not we're called not to retreat out of things that are legitimate. So, um, so you know, in the CREC, us being involved in the state in a biblical way is absolutely essential because the state is a legitimate realm of authority and it should be under the authority. Our, our leaders should be under the authority of Christ. So we don't just, even though we live in Montana, we're not supposed to check out into the wilds of Montana and just live our lives right. all by ourselves. Right. We're, we need to engage the state. And, and I guess what I'm saying is I think education um, is, is not that way. I, I think it should be under the realm of the family uh, and 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 more of the church rather than than the the purview of the state. And so right. I I have no problem pulling out. That's not we, we don't want to save public education. Let I think it's I think we should move in a different direction. You know. Yeah. Let it, let public education die. <laughs> let it die. Let it die. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. That that was really that was very helpful, Flynn. And and, and yeah. Maybe maybe the state has some, um, you know like a, the, the Westminster Confession talks about, um, or at least the revised uh, version talks about uh, the state as a nursing father, um, you know, to the church. Um, so maybe, maybe there is an element, an aspect of the state um, providing kind of that, you know, uh, that encouragement, that um, nursing father to, to the church and to the uh, provide, providing a kind of a, a, a hedge of protection over the church in the family uh, so that they do their job in, in education, but they are not the, the educators. They're not the, right. um, the realm. They shouldn't be determining curriculum. <laughs> they should not be determining, determining <laughs> curriculum. They should be uh, making sure the church and the family have what they need to be able to do right. that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, Good. Well, that, good, good discussion, brothers. I, I really appreciate, appreciate it. Hopefully our listeners um, will uh, be encouraged by it. And um, I would, I would encourage uh, those who, who have listened and, and who are maybe um, not sure yet um, where they stand on this issue. Um, there are a lot of really good resources out there Um in the CREC world on, on education. Um, you know, obviously, um, Doug Wilson and, and, uh, the guys in, in Moscow have, have done a, a lot of good work on the classical Christian movement. Um, I would recommend just typing in, um, classical Christian education, um, and just doing kind of some, some research and, and diving into the, to, to the topic, um, because it it's yeah I, I don't I don't think uh, the way that we are right now the way that we're moving right now um, I, I I don't think it's too far fetched to say your your children's souls are are on the line so um, think wisely um, and um, utilize the resources that are available out there to to help you in this so yeah and like I like what Jonah said get help. Go to your elders, yep. especially if you're in a series E church. It's it's something that is absolutely a high priority for us. Mm -hmm. 
yeah to absolutely do what we can. yeah i don't so. i most most chc churches if not all of them i mean i i'm, I'm not omniscient so i don't know if, if i can say <laughs> all but i'm i'm willing to say probably most crc churches have some kind of diaconal fund um that is that that has uh monies available for families who who are uh you know financially struggling want want to do this but financially struggling and, and might need help for the first um you know first few months or first year or whatever of, of of doing this and, and who would be willing to, to work out, you know, a financial plan to, to help you get started um, in the right direction. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ted, I, 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 I'm, I didn't know you weren't omniscient. I, we were, yes, we yeah. were thinking that we, we, I, I was just going to have everyone send all of their comments and questions to you. <laughs> so, but if you're not omniscient, I, I guess, I, I, guess, I hide uh, it. We, okay. I, <laughs> I hide it well. So yeah, it's a veiled omniscience. <laughs> Jonah, did you have one more comment? Uh, well, I was gonna. I don't know how long we've been going, but I was gonna just. It's mention, time, probably. It's time. Well, I, was, I don't have my buzzer. <clears throat> Thanks for. Well, I, I could probably do it in a minute and a half. Uh, All right. One of the objections to classical Christian education is that it flows from Greek philosophy and the Greek methodology rather than a biblical one. And the three phases of classical education are grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And those come from somewhere, but you also see them present in the biblical text of priest, king, and prophet. The priests do what they're told, and they memorize the law. This is how you sacrifice an animal. This is what you do if there's a red spot with a white hair in it. This is what, <laughs> right? And they don't deviate from that. It's, being a priest is a lot of memory work. And mm -hmm. then the phase of the kings is applying all the, the law of God to life, you know, the, the, uh, working it out logically. How does the law of God apply to these things? And then the third phase of life is the prophetic phase, or, you know, uh, the classical model, the rhetoric phase, uh, where you argue and convince with your words. And that's the flow of the Bible. That's the flow of the canon, priests, kings, prophets. That's the flow of the canon. That's the flow of our lives as images of God. We start off as little children memorizing things. Don't that touch this, don't touch that, eat this, don't eat that. Then as we grow, we start to wrestle and argue with the world and figure things out, learn wisdom as kings. And then we all grow up to be old gray men like Flynn. <laughs> and we use our words, right? The leaders of the church lead with the mouth. They lead with the sword of the mouth. They're prophets. They speak uh, and and that, that's just the phase of life. But even the classical model of Christian education came from Christians. So back in uh, when Charlemagne became the Holy Roman Emperor, yeah, he, you know, he, he fought, I think, 34 campaigns you know, with multiple battles in each campaign. And he didn't lose a single one, which is just amazing. Right. But when he became the Holy Roman Emperor after stopping the Muslims, uh, he asked, the, a man named Alcuin of York. Uh, Charlemagne himself couldn't read, which is interesting, but he surrounded mm -hmm. himself with all, all these men who complimented his weaknesses. And Alcuin became his teacher. And uh, uh, Charlemagne, he wanted to instill within Christendom, the Christian empire, biblical education. And he asked Alcuin to develop a method of education 
uh, for the schools, for the universities, for learning, uh, for all of Christians in Christendom. And Alcuin developed the trivium. Okay, yeah. And and so the trivium is the three phases of learning, which I like to call priest, king, and prophet. And yep. then the quadrivium was the content of those things. Right, so what do you learn in the trivium in these three phases? Alcuin came up with the quadrivium, the four, uh, four curriculum of education, which were um, theology, astronomy, which we would just call science, how the world works, uh, music, and law. And so you apply these four curriculum, uh, theology, astronomy, music, and law, to the three phases of a person's life, the priest, king, prophet. And it all flows from um, a biblical worldview. Um, in 1,200 years later, after Alcuin, we're still using it. You know, this right. was, Alcuin died in the year 804. And <laughs> so 1,200 years later, we're still using this, this model. Uh, and it hasn't gone away, which should also tell us something about its usefulness. So anyway, that's all. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, no, thank we you. Did, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're, we're absolutely of a long line of godly people. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, guys. Good stuff. Well, um, yeah. Anything else before we sign off? We, are we ready to sign off? Yep. I, I think so. All right. Yeah. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Good, good discussion. Yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah. Well, until next time. Uh, this is Sword and Song. Yeah, check out our check out our website on Spotify, and we and I guess the again the I haven't listened to our outgoing statement again. I should listen to it, but I think it says all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, good. All right, Lord bless you guys. Till next time, have see a good night. We'll see you. Bye, bye, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy Sword and Song, please share and subscribe. We encourage you to send your comments and questions to swordandsong at protonmail.com. See you next time.